Hello and welcome back! I'm glad you made it to the second episode. Today we are going to be welcoming my friend Jessica Spate. Oh my god. Jessica, how are you? I'm good, Kayla. How are you? <laughs> I'm so good. Will you please tell everyone where you're talking to us from and what is one song you wish you could listen to for the first time? Oh. Oh, that's a great question. Okay, well, I'm coming from Brooklyn, New York. Born and raised here all my life. And uh, one song that I wish I could listen to again. Can I cite a whole album? Like, of I course. wish I could experience um, Frank Ocean's Blonde album for the first time again. Oh, my God. That album, ooh, it is. Oh. it spoke to me so deeply when I first listened to it. I'm like, I need to be in that place again. <laughs> Jessica, you are in New York in the midst of yeah. everything. And I'll say it because no one else will. COVID-19, you're in the midst of a hot spot. And you're still creating art. You're still doing work. But what blows me away is you have not left your house at yeah. all. Mm -mm. No. What has that been like? It's been crazy. Like, I can honestly say that I am an introvert. So like being at home is good for me. Like I, I enjoy it. But this is sort of like introversion that is not what you like, you don't want it. <laughs> like you don't want to have to be in your house all day every day. Like, especially the first time we came back, it was so dangerous to just like walk outside because I do live in like a busy area. Um, there's a lot of people outside in and out. And I also have like, you know, I have asthma and it's, you know, I've had it since I was young. So they were talking about this. If you have, you know, underlying issues, it's bad to go out. And I'm just like, why would, I don't want to put myself at risk. I just don't want to put my family at risk. So I've just been inside since, when did we come back? Like March something? Yeah. Too long. Too long. I think, yeah. yeah. I think it, we, no, we found out on the Ides of March. It was like March 15th. Yeah. I don't know what day you actually came home, but I think that's when we found out. That's when we found out. And so I've been home for like a good like month at this point and I have not been outside. And I'm not going to lie. I'm also paranoid like to be outside. It's just, it's not a very good atmosphere. It doesn't feel like safe or comfortable to be outside right now for me at least. Um, and luckily I'm not like an essential worker. So I don't have to go outside and, you know, work. Um, but you know, it's, it's just, it's scary. <laughs> like, it's really scary. Every day I wake up and I'm like, it feels like a normal day. And then I want to like go see someone or I want to go outside. And then I see a map. Something just triggers me back to like yeah. the reality of it. Mm -hmm. But the fact that you have like not left your home period and you're yeah. in a spot that's talked about so much. I just want to know what that's been like for you. I mean, it's been just like you're saying, it feels really surreal. It feels like you're in, like, I always go back to that movie, like, I Am Legend with Will Smith. It's insane. And it feels like that sort of, like, post-apocalyptic, like, feeling of, where am I? Like, this is the city that I thought I knew, but, like, it's really, mm. it's not anymore. And I wake up and I'm like, hmm, I want to go to the park. I shouldn't go to the park. Because if you look on the television, mad people are at the park. And I, like, what? It's like, there's, it's like, that's. It's crazy because usually that many people are not at the park, but because everyone's going crazy and they need to get outside, it's like they have to go somewhere. And the park is like the perfect place, but not anymore because people are out there. They have masks on, but like if you have like 100 people in a park, like that's just 
walking down at the same path, like it's just not going to be good for you. So I try to stay home. Um, and I think at this point, I feel like I'm scared I'm going to get too comfortable. And then when I get back mm. outside, it's going to be really hard for me to like readjust to like people <laughs> and having yeah. to walk next to people and like, um, I don't know, interact with people like in the public, definitely. And then also the yeah. fact that like I'm right next to a hospital. So it's like at any point, like I could come into contact with somebody and they have it or they just, and I mean, they were saying how like, even after, you know, you may get this, you may not get symptoms, but, and after you recover, it's like, you could still pass it on because it's still in your lungs for like a certain amount of time after. So it's like, you never know. You never know. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that's what, oh my God, I was talking about this the other day. Um, it felt like, especially when we first got home, some news would come out and then some more and blah, and it would always be like contradicting the week before. Like yes. I remember when we first got home, it was like, no, you don't have to wear a mask. In fact, don't do this. And then then like a week later, they're like, so you should wear masks and put <laughs> yeah. gloves on. Exactly. And I still feel like that's happening, but in a different way where it's like, yeah, we'll be able to go out. And then a week later, it's like, no, we're never leaving for a year. And then it's like, oh, it's going to be just another month. But the news here is honestly like, <laughs> it's it's pretty like COVID is real, like stay home, da 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 But at the same time, it's almost like panic-inducing media. It feels like like they're plotting against all of us. <laughs> and the reason why I say that is because you'll just like you were saying, like you'll have all this information out, and then all of a sudden, like like especially now with this, they'll they'll act like it's no longer a thing. So like last week, you'll see news about like you need to stay home. You know all these medical masks, like people who are dealing with it, like stories and stuff. And like now, it's like people are outside walking around and enjoying the sun. And it's like, wait a minute. So are we still, is, are we still in quarantine? Like, are we still not like technically the governor and the mayor, they're still sanctioning quarantines, but people are acting as if that means you can just go to the park every day and like sunbathe. And you'll see these photos of people just like so many people and specifically in predominantly white areas. I'm just going to put that out there um, yeah. where you'll have like, all these people in one park where before that would never happen. Like not at this time of the year, like maybe people will be outside, but like, it's still pretty cold. Like it's, it's, you know, it's not like summer, summer. So it's just yeah. like, it's insane. Like all this media and it's just, it makes you wonder like what's actually going on. It just feels like everything is so unreal. You have, you have not left your home. What have you been doing to, <laughs> stay calm, mm. keep yourself entertained, all that. Because what I keep, and to go kind of back to like people going out, what I, I call people out for going out and they're like, well, I just get so bored or I just need to go out for a little bit. And I think about you and how you have like literally been so resilient. Like I've gone on hikes, but I always go when there's no one out right. and I actually social distance and I get weird looks, like, whatever, but, like, I also, like, I, I'm just, I'm, I just think of you. I, I have definitely done a lot of things, like, I have basically rearranged my room so that it feels like I have different parts that I can, like, be in at once, so it doesn't feel like I'm just in the same places and seeing the same things. Like, I definitely took on a lot of cooking, like, I've been baking a lot, <laughs> like, finding new hobbies. And I think especially like during NTI, like I, that was like one of the best things because I had something to do during the day 
And it felt like I could look at my room in a new way when we had like devising projects. Um, so now it's going to be a little more difficult because I, in a way, don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> and I'm like really, really, really been thinking about like just going outside, but also like I'm, I literally will say this, like, I'm scared. <laughs> and that yeah. is something that is, like, weird for me, too, because, like, I'm not necessarily someone who gets scared of, like, things easily. Like, I'm a pretty, I'm, like, a person who takes a lot of caution. But to know that, like, I don't know, I could bring it back home and, like, I mean, my brother has, like, an autoimmune, you know, issue. So it's, like, what, what am I look like going outside and having the time of my life? And then coming back home and bringing that back and like no, not knowing what I'm bringing back into the house. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and it's just like, I mean, I've been reading. I've been writing a lot. I've been, you know, trying to do more makeup. Like I did my mom's makeup once. Like it was nice. <laughs> She's probably not going to let me do it again. <laughs> but, you know, speaking with friends, like doing stuff like this as well. Like I've been talking to friends like almost every day. Um, whether it's through like FaceTime, texting, through playing games, watching things together. So that's really been keeping me like sane <laughs> and all of this. No, but- no, my friend and I have literally been watching Supernatural. Like we're re watching oh, it. it. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, and it's so crazy because we'll like have a net, we're Netflix parting, so we're chatting oh, okay. on the side. Oh, that's good. And it's, and I completely, I, I think it's crazy that. I don't know if I'm speaking to, like, how the human brain works or just, like, human experience, but it's just crazy how when you're so invested in something, it make, makes you forget about everything else, which I think is, like, the beauty and danger of Absolutely. technology. Yeah. That'd but be- during this time, I'm like, oh, I'll take it. Like, well, it's please fine. take me away. <laughs> like, I don't want to be in this place anymore. <laughs> Has something surprised you? I mean, you just mentioned how you're talking to your friends. Yeah, I've. I think me and my friends have gone through a lot with just death in general. Like a lot of my friends um, have just experienced like family members dying. Um, I've experienced like family members passing away and it has been like a, a rude awakening to like what life means and to what friendship at this time means. Like what does it actually mean to be there for somebody when they're going through something mm-hmm. that you could not understand, like going through that sort of pain? And I've definitely learned that, you know, we we sort of have created a system in a way, which sounds like it sounds like a little bit like a lot, but it really is something that allows us to sort of know where every where we're all at at any given time. And it's like, you know, we have a group chat and we just we text like, you know, please tell me like what you need, um, what I can do for you, like you know, the things that we learned at NTI too as well, like in terms of like intimacy work. Um, and, and, find, and listening, and listening yeah. you know, like really listening. And so it's like, what can I do for you at this moment that's going to help you instead of thinking of like what I would need, you know, because everyone needs something different. And so we've gotten way closer because of that. Um, and just knowing that dealing with death is so hard and there's no easy way to do it and there's no right way to do it. Just knowing that somebody is thinking about you is sometimes enough to like get you through it um so that's been like a very profound thing <laughs> that I've I've learned in this quarantine time and I think it's it's bonded us like much deeper than like we we, we even know it will like I 
I can't imagine like having any other friends during this moment. <clears throat> and also just knowing that something something like this, like what what worse can we go through? I mean, I, I mean, you can you can obviously like theorize the things, but at this point in our lives, we haven't gone through anything. What worse would you have to say to anyone listening who has maybe ex- or seen or is experiencing like a death in their lives or is scared of it right now? Um, if you were going to be someone's friend, what would you tell them? I mean, I would personally say, first of all, I, I I know like my friends, so I know like texting for them is like a better choice before calling. So I usually would text before calling because then they can respond on their own time. They don't have to have like an expectation of, oh, this person called me. Like now I have to like return their call. There's some sort of anxiety with like with that. So if I text, I know that they'll respond when they can. And then also putting in there, like, I'm here for you. I'm here to listen. And I'm thinking about you all the time. And then also putting in like, <clears throat> you know, can can I do anything for you at this time? Like, do you need me to just be on FaceTime with you and just listen to what you have to say? Do you need me to um, just like be silent, but just know that like you can hear my breathing <laughs> and I'm there? Um, do you need me? Do you want to laugh together? Because we can laugh. Like I can, I can make you, I can make you laugh. Don't worry. Like things like that to like give them different options to like to help them through. Because sometimes when you're experiencing something as like devastating as that, you don't know what you need. Mm. And sometimes giving people options can help them sort of see like, mm, do I want that? No, I don't want that. I'm also thinking back to what we learned in um, truth class of how to listen and how at first we all were like, what? That's not how you listen. You don't just be quiet. But like what right. what really blew me away with that class. And I think also I've, I've been honestly trying to practice it more now than ever that I'm like, whoa, I learned that for right now. That's kind of what I think too, where you listen, but you do not. Do not talk back. You don't go, yeah. You don't even right. say, no, okay. Oh, okay. No, that's fine. Or it's going to be okay. Like you just listen so someone can heal on their own terms. Because what blew me away with learning that is like you talk because you're uncomfortable, but you're supposed to be uncomfortable because that's where you like learn and grow. And you only talk to like fulfill your own needs instead of theirs. And yeah, I just I just also wanted to put that out there because I think that's something we do not do. And that's that's still something I struggle with where I just want to be like, no, it's okay. Like, you know, no. Yeah, absolutely. Same here. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I still, I'm still doing it, but that's just because it's habit at this point. And <clears throat> learning how to break it is like has been good because it helps. Like, just like you were saying, like it helps you be a little bit more like, OK, why am I doing this? OK, I'm doing this because. I'm feeling uncomfortable or I'm doing it because it's a habit or because like, this is how I've been taught to like, listen. And so what does it mean when I, when I try not to do it? It just, it like, it sort of enhances your ability with that person and just enhance the relationship in a lot of ways. But I mean, if you're really close to somebody and you're doing it, like, I don't think they're going to care that much, but I do agree. Like it, it, there's something to be said about like really like sitting and like just listening, not having anything to say. Like one of my friends, like she was going on, she was going on a tangent. Like she was, she was venting. And this was at like, <laughs> just like how you said and venting. You were like venting, like a whole X oh, Games yes. venting. 
exactly. And I and I and I remember thinking to myself, mm, she needed this. She needed this. She needed it. And so I was just, yep. I sat there and I listened. And I was like, mm. and it's, it's a conversation I'll always remember because she's the type of person who's also a really good listener. And she's she's like a really like sweet person and she's always there for people, sometimes to her own detriment, but we're not gonna get into that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so having her like just feel like she could just vent to me was like really it was really good in that time. And I felt like, oh, that's how I can be there for her, you know. Yeah. Is there anything you wish people didn't do or did less of when maybe even we could bring it back to like right now, like during this time. Because I personally, like, I hate when I'm, like, talking about, like, I, I am fully aware that, like, some people have it way worse than me. But when I'm talking about how much I wish I could hug you guys, NTI people again, and they go, oh, yeah, me too. Wow. Like, I literally wasn't telling you that for you to say that, you know? Mm-hmm. So I try not to, like, I try not to hold anything in my heart because it's just not going to help. But, like, when people talk about it as if it's not a reality, as if it's not, as as if people aren't dying at the rates that they are, and as if it's not affecting family units, it's just, it really, like, gets to me. Because it's, like, this is this is causing an immense impact that, for some reason, you can't, for some reason, you, you cannot comprehend at this moment. And maybe that's a coping mechanism. Maybe it is. Just to just to distance yourself fully from it, but at the same time, you're gonna realize like it's it's affecting like generations of families. Like the fact that there are so many elders like dying from this. I was thinking about this today. It's like those were those a lot of the time are the matriarchs, patriarchs, the people who are making bringing in money, or the people who are you know in these communities helping the young the youth, you know. And so the fact that those sort of you know community leaders are like passing away in such a tragic way in such a in such a in, in such a you know unexpected way it's it's a huge it makes a huge impact and so for them not to see that it's just it's very it's very frustrating um it is yeah well going back to seeing those people in the park what is that do I know you just said you're trying to keep the anger out of your heart but like what runs through your mind when you see that it's like can we get can we like get some like spray <laughs> like water like water spray like, bottle like, like, oh my god water gun like a spray bottle like a water gun oh my god yeah it's like it's different if you're outside, maybe on your front porch or something. But if you are in like a full on public place, getting your, you know, whatever on, aspirating on everybody with your lungs, it's like, <laughs> and mad people are in the park with no masks on. So it's like, do you realize what you're putting yourself at risk for and other people at risk for? It's like, there's no, and it's like, if anything, I would like the, the, the city to enforce that, you know? And in certain communities, they are, and in certain communities, they aren't. Mm. And I think that's, like, a huge thing. Like, there was a huge debate on Twitter about the fact that the mayor actually sent out, like, a tweet towards the Jewish community about how they should, you know, stop having, like, huge gatherings and stuff like that. And a big part of it was they were having – because I live – so, basically, like, my community is, like, 
solely Caribbean, like a lot of Caribbean um, immigrants and just like Americans. Um, if you go like a few blocks down, you'll hit like Eastern Parkway and there's like a huge Jewish community there. Um, Orthodox Jews. So it's like, you know, synagogues, like all, most of the, that, like those, that land they own and they sort of like regulate, um, regulate. And so they were having huge, you know, funeral services for, you know, people who have passed away in their community and people were, you know, we're complaining because, you know, it was like huge gatherings. And so the, the, the mayor was like sent out a very specific, you know, tweet towards that community. And people were really outraged, which I understand because they're not doing this to any other, like they're doing it to mostly ethnic communities. They're not doing it to the white, you know, gentrifiers in, you know, the East Village or in like downtown Brooklyn. You know, they're doing it to ethnic communities where they, there's a reason why they're having those big gatherings. And so it's just it's it's been it's been amazing to, like, be in this position and, like, be able to see all sides of it. But also it's, you know, it's it's a re it's a harsh reality that you have to sort of, like, take in the fact that you're being you're being watched and you're being targeted unfairly in this sort of situation when already the, the situation in general is just unfair because COVID. Wow. No, I, I, I mean, I had no idea that was happening, which is exactly why I wanted to do this because I, I just want to show people and the people that are willing to listen are the people that are willing to change, make change. So I'll put that out there, but if. No, it's true. Um, but we were saying how the news has like really, it's so chaotic. You, there's nowhere to keep up. Yes anywhere whether no. it's like like I feel like the only news I can like trust is John Krasinski's some good news like <laughs> so good news, because yeah. it, at least it has like a thrill line of like here's the good news we know it's bad out there right period you know but exactly here's this. exactly there's always that oh that's so true <laughs> like I'm honest like I feel like sometimes I'm like I don't even want to look at the news like I find that from my experience, like talking to like my mom and like family members has been much more insightful. Like when you're talking to people who are experiencing it firsthand, I find there's more insight in that than looking at the news right now. Because like you said, it's just, it's in, like, it's crazy. It's, there's so, it's so like, there's so much, there's so much that you have to take in. And it's sort of like impossible to do that and stay like, okay for the next hour. <laughs> There's something about, you know, talking to people who are experiencing it firsthand that the news is just not going to be able to do in a way that's yeah. as real and, like you said, as human as this. And I feel like this time has really, like, exposed how much we've, like, lost our sense of, like, community. It's never, it's never just a FaceTime, you know? Until now, mm -hmm. it, it was always a... It was always like an email because we never have time to call. We never have time to see how our friends are doing. We do have the time, yeah. but it's not until we're forced to like be with it that we're with each other, mm. you know? As I was saying, but way before all that, <laughs> when we were working together for our documentary theater project, mm. we were talking about how much we have to like look for the good news mm. in this time and like find that because we know it's bad out there. We know... Yeah. Even if it's getting better, there's so much Still. to be lost. And I think this, I mean, we will never forget this. Yeah, it's never, As you said. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, people were in New York City were pairing this sort of like amount of death and just like, especially the hospitals, like they were comparing it to 9-11 because of just the amount of people who were dying and the amount of people that they had, they that didn't know like what to do with their bodies. And so it's like the fact that this is, you know, we're living, like, like you said, we're never going to forget. You talked a little bit about how it's affecting specific communities. And if you would be okay with, I would love for you to share what you learned, discovered. Of course, I would love to, because that's my fourth. (laughs) Hey, Um, no, but (laughs) I mean, this has been something that I've, I've just been looking into because, and this is, it's interesting that we've just talked about the sort of human connection part and finding news that in places that aren't like big news sources, because for me, I first started realizing that it was affecting like the black community, especially in New York city differently. When I started talking to my mom and she was talking to a lot of her friends and saying, you know, there seems to be a lot more death that I've encountered with the black community. Like, and even on the news, we saw, you know, stories of, you know, essential workers like bus drivers, grocers, um, you know, some, you know, administration from like different public schools, you know, passing away. And they happen to mostly be like black people. Um, And so it's like we were wondering, like I was I was definitely wondering, like, what are the rates? And a lot of people that was some of the, the main sources that I saw from like the news that I follow. It was like, okay, what's happening to our black community in this? Because we've seen from p- the past, like the fact that, you know, things are just different and usually in disproportionate, you know, amounts um, do things happen to the black community. And that's just, even though we make up only about like, you know, 14% of the population. So 70%. Um, so it's, it's, it's been, <laughs> you know, statistics. So it's been interesting to, to look into those actual statistics. And so for New York state, um, specifically, um, New York city, um, I'm looking at the department of health and the sort of statistics that they are keeping track of, because for a while hospitals were actually not releasing deaths based on race and ethnicity because they didn't, they were trying to hide the fact that brown and black people were being disproportionately um, affected. And so, yeah. Wait, could you say that again? For a while, like once COVID started happening, they were not releasing, you know, statistics based on who was dying, like based on race and ethnicity. And so for a while, we were all left in the dark as to who was actually suffering, you know, from from COVID. Um, And so... We they finally they released these um, these statistics this these data and there was a lot of articles saying that it was they were they were they were strategically not doing it like they were telling like doctors and people like they were not writing down race they were not writing things down and so by the time this all came out I'm sure the, the data is like in a way skewed because of that. Um, but once I started releasing it, it was huge. It was a huge like topic of debate in like the media and Twitter, especially from you know New York people, because they saw that it was majority Black people and Hispanic people who were dying from this. And in New York City, those are our essential workers. Those are the people who oh are God. driving our buses, who are driving our trains, who have to come in for you know. Uh, 
to grocery stores, like who, who own like, you know, corner stores, you know? So it was a rude awakening, but it's something that we, we needed because how else are you supposed to advocate for people when you don't know the actual like statistics? And so Mm. if I look at this, um, the biggest statistic I think is most important is like the age adjusted rate of fatality of COVID cases per 100,000 people by race and ethnicity. So this is just like a way to break it down. Um, So in terms of that, so they're saying for Hispanic people, 77.8% of Hispanic people um, compared to 87.7% of black people. And then if you compare that to 21.4% of white people and then 49.7% of Asian people per 100,000 case, like, people in the city who are actually dying. And so for black people, it's 87.7%. That's a huge amount, especially for the amount of population that's in New York. And it's like to say, you compare that to the white percentage, which is 21.4%. That's, and they, they are the majority. So it's like, what, what's going on? What's happening here? And a lot of it you can contribute to people not believing black and brown people when they come in to the hospital and say, I'm feeling like this, they're not, doctors are not believing them. Or it's the fact that um, because so many of them are essential workers in our state, there's no time to go to the doctors. And you're constantly being put at risk because you have to work a job where you're constantly in contact with the public. And so there's just a lot of factors going on here that's contributing to this. And the fact that, you know, and this is what grinds my gears, is that you'll have predominantly white areas and people are outside. People are chilling as if none of this is happening. But you'll have predominantly black and Hispanic areas where people are constantly dying because... Mm. There's nothing, uh, you know, there, there's, there's nobody out here advocating and being like, you know, these, you know, we need to admit more people into these hospitals. And, you know, it's, it's really, it's really hard to like hear because even more so, um, I used to live in East Flatbush, which is, you know, a few neighborhoods away from where I am now. Basically what's happening there is there was a video that came out and because a lot of people are scared to go to the hospital now. Um, so a video came out of sort of, I guess, it sort of looked like Grim Reapers in a way because they were taking bodies out of people's homes because they couldn't, they couldn't get to the hospital um, or they didn't want to get to the hospital. And so they were actually like on the street asking like communities of color, hey, do you want to make $35 an hour to take dead bodies out of people's homes? This is not being reported in the news. This is, these are accounts that I'm seeing from my, like, from my, from people in my circle. And so they'll never want you to know that (laughs) because it's insane. (laughs) And to think that it's happening in specifically communities of color where we're disproportionately affected, it's, it's really like disgusting. So like, I mean, it's really morbid to say that, but I did want to say it because it's important for people to know that's what's happening and that's the reality. Yeah. No, I I'm I'm so thank you for sharing first and foremost. Thank you because I'm blown 
out of the water that that is reality. Again, I'm just thinking about the people that are going out right now, you know? As if it's, you know, just another day. (laughs) Yeah, as if it's, there's not people out there that are like, wish they could stay home. Yeah. And absolutely and be with their family stay safe yeah and go to work because they're, they're let's just say it like there's people that have to go to work they have to yeah. they have to and they want to feel safe at work too yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> they do and uh, it's just it's a lot to deal with it's, it is and for me it's like that's why I really stay home because it's like I just, I just can't see myself like enjoying, and that's just me because I'm just like a worrier. I'm just like a person, and like, I don't know. I attribute to my Aquarius sign. <laughs> I'm Aquarius, and I was like, you know, I feel like there's just a lot, there's just a lot of empathy there that I feel, and so for me, it's like I stay home because I know all this is going on, and why would I contribute? To something like that. It's a lot of decision making you have to make in this time. I'm like in a town that's like not really like strictly. Mm-hmm. There's definitely people to like taking it seriously. But I've. I feel like I've met more people mm-hmm. that are like. It's whatever. I'm just. Or it's it's always. my. It's always. I'm just going to the park. I'm just doing this. Mm. I'm just with this person. And then I. And then to hear that. That is something. That's not a movie. It is not something so distant. Because I know you, Jessica. Yeah, I, like, I don't know if you remember me. <laughs> and I just, I, I obviously would never, ever wish this on anyone. But then to hear that, like, my own, I'm going to say it, friend, <laughs> like, <laughs> deals with that. That's just something, it's, it's crazy. And okay. I... And I'm sending you strength and love, and oh. I'm not gonna cry right now. But I'm really oh gonna gosh, send no. you. <laughs> I, I I really thank you. No, I I thank no you. honestly th- thank you thank thank you. I I really appreciate that, <laughs> Kayla. No, thank you. No, no, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> Anything that uh, you've learned uh, being with your family this mm. long? Because I know for some people, like being home with their family is not a positive thing or it's it's turned something nasty Mm. or is there any I mean if you have like advice for people that just have a hard time with their parents but is there anything you've like also like learned from this time because I've learned just to take a breath (laughs) oh yes go away and you'll see him tomorrow that's what I've learned oh that's good I like that I'm taking that into my (laughs) I've definitely been utilizing that as well but you know, luckily I do have a good relationship with my with my family, my immediate family. I w- I would actually say like spending like being with each like being in the same space as each other for like a certain amount of time is like really important. Like just to know that like I am in the vicinity of my family and even if we're doing our own thing, like just to like be in their presence and not try to like totally isolate myself in my room. Like that's been something that I'm like, okay, I need to start doing that more. This happens to be a time where, you know, even though we should be away, you know, as college students, like we should be, you know, still at school, like we shouldn't really be home. And then even then, we sh- if we're not at school, you know, at, a t- at 20 years old, you probably should have a job or something, you know, that you're going to. <laughs> and so to know that this is a time when we're not supposed to do any of that stuff and we're supposed to be home, like 
you know, in a way taking advantage of the fact that I can be with my family and I can learn about them in ways that I haven't yet. Um, and so me and my mom have been doing a lot of like movie nights together. Either we love the movie and we're both like, okay, this is a good movie. Or we're like, this is a trash movie. Let's pick it apart. Let's figure out like where the plot holes are. And that's been a great time too. So it just, you know, just being in the same space as your family, is something that I'm like, ah, I need to do that. I just want, um, if you're okay with it, I want to hear what it was like coming home. Since I've been home, I've learned like the type of person that I am when it comes to like talking to family. This is like a huge revelation that I've had. And it's the fact that like, because when you just have time to think in your home, it you a lot of stuff comes up. And I think about like my childhood and like things that I've experienced with like other family members. And I realized, oh my gosh, like I do not have the best relationship with like some of my extended family. And I've always been wondering like, why is that? Like, I always thought that I was like on the right track, but I just realized like there's a feeling of just like disconnect that I've been having with like a lot of my family. And I don't know if it's because of just getting older and just not having the same sort of relationship with them. But like, it's been like a huge thing that's been weighing on me because I'm like, am I ever going to have a good relationship with them? Sometimes I feel like you don't just, you just, you can't talk to them about stuff. That's what I've realized. Like I've talked to like my fam- like my friends about like what I'm going through more so than I've talked to my own family about what I'm going through. And I think that's mm. like a crazy thing but also it's sort of makes sense in a way at the same time and so I'm just trying to work through those feelings because yeah it's like not everyone has a good relationship with their family and do you have to have a good relationship with your family if you know that they you know aren't great listeners like if you know that they have habits that you don't want to have you know in your future so it's like you know I don't want to give too much away like my family business this business but (laughs) you know it's sort of just that that realization um that's been I'm still working through that I don't know if you've had any similar experiences with that well I was just gonna say I feel like that's been my whole life even before this like Mm -hmm. I thought it was like normal to like not talk to your parents about that stuff like just like feeling emotions period has always been like like my I don't know. I won't get too into it either, but, like, it's it's definitely been something reserved for, like, friends strictly. And even, like, I have a hard time talking to friends about, like, stuff because I assume it's, it's like, something so heavy and deep. And, like, I, I think that's not how emotions should feel. I think it's something to, like, I mean, for us as artists, it's something to express and, like, bring millions of ways of how we, like, put emotion out there and like make it a beautiful thing what I what I've like come to terms with that is like there's just different levels of love mm. like it's not that you you love your parents less than you love your friends you love them for the most part just as much you know or like in a different way I don't I feel like there's not like a a more or less scale yeah. it's just that you love them in a different way the same way you like love your sister versus you love your boyfriend like it's a completely different love but you still cherish them there's room there's more space with your friends because they don't know you with a temper tantrum they don't know you from 
when you were right. born. They don't know when you peed your pants in fourth grade and you didn't tell anyone but your mom. But right, your mom right. did. Exactly, exactly. Your mom did. <laughs> Who came up with the pants? Not your best friend, Kelsey. Your mama. Your mama came off work and brought you pants okay. and didn't tell a soul. Exactly. So I feel like there's different, because there's definitely stuff I would like talk to like my grandma about before I would talk to like my best 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 friend in the world about and Mm -hmm. I think and especially with this time I feel like I can only talk to certain people about certain stuff like there's I've tried to talk about losing NTI with like my friends from back home and it's mostly gone to like (laughs) very basic and it's and to be fair like what are they supposed to say right what are they supposed to to tell me Mm -hmm. And my parents, I was actually talking to someone's mom about this because I was like kind of venting about how some people are like complaining about how they've lost so much when I'm thinking about people that are actually like losing people and like losing careers. And they were like, well, have you ever thought about when an older family member person talks to you and they're like, um... Well, back in my day, da da da, like that's exactly what you're doing. And I was like, well, call me out, Carol. Got it. Um, <laughs> but I feel like, especially during this time, I feel like I can really be there for more people. And maybe they can't. They can't be there for me. Someone can be there for me, and I can be there for them. And I feel like I can talk to you about this stuff. I can talk to you about how frustrating it is. But hearing you talk about being, like, left just this process of realizing you, you, you can talk to your parents about some things and then your friends about others, I think it's just because it's a different way of relating, Yeah, you know? That's it's a different way because the way your mom was raised and the way you were raised are completely two different paths. Very different. And the way yeah. you'll raise your kids and the way you talk to your friends and the way they're raised, and it's, it's just... That's so true. I think it's I think it's a combination of like environment and nurture and yeah, I, I wish I knew bigger words, more philosophical, but that's just <laughs> But honestly I understand exactly what you're to. saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. it's true. And like truly like the when as you were saying that, like the saying that popped into my head is like and like it, it's in a positive way, but like, you know, you can't choose your family, but you can choose your friends, like that sort of thing because there's there's like there's something to be said about the fact that you make a choice about the friends that you have if you're choosing someone to like to be a friend there's something about them that you feel they they hit something that's different from your family and it's like mm-hmm. or maybe similar but and most times for me in my experience it's always been different from how my family communicates with each other um the things that I was telling you about how like we communicate me and my friends communicate like I don't communicate like that with my family. Like, my family is not, like, a very expressive family. I mean, they're very expressive when it comes to fun and things, but when it comes to, like, emotions, very off limits. I just get called dramatic because, like... (laughs) Yo, drama queen has always been in my repertoire. Like... No, literally... I, I mean, I've learned to, like, like quote-unquote, take back that word because, like, my whole life I've been, like, called dramatic. And then I recently was reading something where it's, like, if you've been called dramatic, it probably just means you have a healthy way of expressing your emotions. And mm. I was like, what? Wow. What? Because it's, like, it's honestly, I, I always am, like, at a barrier with my, like, very raw 
throw up emotions whether and I don't even mean like just sadness I mean like joy yeah and compassion and like blah 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 and like we're Aquariuses we yeah. love hard but we'll, we, we won't tell you right away exactly because we, we we'll wait we'll test the water we'll put this pinky toe in and wait <laughs> but, <laughs> I, love I was literally reading my self-help book let me grab it I've seen that book you are a badass I literally just was reading the chapter where it was talking about how the people you are friends with and like you quote choose to be in your life it's because you see yourself in them like you see something whether it's something that you like like about yourself or it's something that you wish you had more of those are the friends you have and the people you don't like or the things you're irritated by by your family are the things you don't like you wish you could avoid or you don't like about yourself it's in our natural instinct wow which i feel like we forget a lot of the times that we're hairless monkeys (laughs) on a rock hairless like oh my gosh the woman like i'm like it's in our natural instinct to connect and to create communities and i feel like with this barrier of technology it's kind of like pushed it's like made us machines oh yeah you know i think this is what i think and i i listen i don't think you know how people are saying like this sort of technology, we're going to get into like sci-fi shit now. Like, you know how we were saying like technology is going to replace human interaction and like things like this. And like, we're going to have like these, you know, robots who are going to like be, you know, our lovers and things in the future. And I feel like (laughs) that is false. Like, I think people are figuring out that it is actually easier just to be in the same space as someone else. Like, there are certain things that are easy about being like face like on FaceTime, but I think people are craving like to be with people who understand them and people who like and you can actually feel it in the air, like in the space that you're in. And so I if if that sort of technology comes in the future, it's gonna be like a really long ways away. Like when there's like no more human. Like I wanna give you a hug. <laughs> like No, no, I'm not that's that's another thing about this time that I've never been so hung like I'm starving for like human connection yeah. like I just I mean we just said goodbye to NTI and we already said like goodbye like quote unquote goodbye in on March in March but like to like leave a zoom call to leave a zoom call of like being like okay goodbye like that was so awkward it was so it was a it was devastating because the second you click off leave meeting and you say oh you left the meeting and you confirm it you're left with a black mirror of you're by yourself (laughs) for everyone listening we had a virtual prom and even like leaving like dancing half the time i'd be like (laughs) i'm by myself like i am I am by my and I think that's something I personally am like trying to like learn because I find like I was saying earlier like I will get like so entranced by the connection Mm. on the computer I'll forget that I'm in my room alone in Washington just by myself you know but I'm just like learning this whole new I don't know like just now I I just like saw the full frame of like my phone and the stand you're on and like your face, like I'm, I'm forgetting that I'm not like in the same yeah. room. Like I'm, like I, can't, I can't touch. Like you. I just reached my hands touch. out. <laughs> you can't feel each other. It's very weird. And 
And not only am I, like, craving human connection, but, like, I just want to go on a goddamn road trip. Oh, my gosh. I've been thinking about that. I've literally been thinking about traveling so much. Like, I get nostalgic bouts of, like, London. We went to London. And I'm just like, (gasps) I want that again. I need that again. Yeah. Well, do you ever think about, like, I... Especially when we're, like, reminiscing on the time we had together at NTI and we're all, like, posting about it on Instagram. I just think about, I'm, like, I just go back into, like, what I'm thinking in that moment and nowhere in it am I thinking about corona. Yeah. And now that's, like, all I think oh about. Oh, my gosh, yeah. You that's know? That's so true. Wow. Damn. That is very true. <laughs> because think about it. We went to London the day Brexit happened and we were, like, yeah, we should wear, we should wear gloves. We should put our masks on. All this stuff. We we traveled internationally. What, like two, three months ago? Two, yeah, that was in what, Feb- no, January, February? February. Yeah. Yeah, so that was, that's insane. Like, we missed it, Mark, by, like, the tiniest increment. Like, we could have easily been stuck there if we had left any, like, later. Obviously, when we were all together and we are like, singing, dancing acting yeah doing lighting i i just look at those pictures and i'm like wow i i was near someone yeah i was creating and i'm not and it's not to say that we can't do it online but there's yeah. there i really felt that shift yeah, of you feel it. i don't know about you but when i was like especially right right before we left yeah. like my brain like physically felt high not like high like was that but like, <laughs> like euphoric yeah. like, it was like every moment I was missing the next I really was living in the moment oh, there. Yeah. so then to come back and be slammed into like stillness yes that's exactly yes oh Kayla <laughs> that's what <laughs> I yeah I was Ooh, that transition was so hard. Like now, like, you know, I'm laughing and, you know, we're having fun. But like, I can absolutely tell you like two days ago, like I was like full on like, just I, like I was like in a depressive state. Like it was as if like nothing was going to like get me back to like regular like energy. It was insane. And even coming like the first time we got back. I was, like, such in a depressive state. Like, it was ridiculous. And I was, like, it feels so hard to do anything because we were leaving. It Like you said, like, it, feel, it felt almost, like, euphoric. Like, we were, like, the next, like, from the next to the next to the next, like, high. And then all of a sudden it's, like, you can't get your fix because you're at home in your, in your room. And the fix is not actual drugs. It's, like, art. Okay. <laughs> And have you been creating since you've been home? Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to, like, I've written a lot of, like, personal, like, poetry and stuff. And I actually should start writing, like, some more short stories because I really, like, my, my, like, playwriting is something that I just got into. But, like, my favorite forms are definitely short stories. But I've definitely been trying to create. It's very hard. Well, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it's driving me crazy that people are, like, oh, you must be, like, really into it. and I'm like sis I I'm just as sad as oh, you no, I definitely. Just, but now I'm left with this like 
I always feel like I have like a little birdie on my shoulder that's like, oh, you have time. Why? Why are you? Why are you watching Netflix? And I'm like, because I I just can't think right now, and I I don't know. I we could just we could go into it, but I I found a way to like not like satisfy the little birdie on my shoulder, but to like whatever's like really clogging my heart or like my mind and getting in the way of like me being like a good person or just like well yeah yeah because <laughs> like what, what else can we do right now than be well right. i i feel like you i mean and we're always like so rushed to be doing something really great and grand or like look so good or like do this so we can say we did that and like right now i'm just trying to like live the moment again like I, even if that means I am sad, <laughs> even if that means I am not okay, I want to write it down. So when this is over, I can just go boop. And what I find so, oh my God, I was talking actually to Jasper about mm-hmm. this. Shout out to Jasper. Um, I was, I was realizing I was having like, like real, like not like friend drama or like boy drama, yeah. but just like quote-unquote drama and I was like I'm in a pandemic how could I be thinking about that and he was like no it's amazing how that stuff like crawls in and if I didn't if I did not choose to feel that that's I would be stuck in this like endless spiral of like running the same oh nothing's getting better oh 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 so I feel like there's a good I think we need to feel more and we have the time to do it now. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up because I feel the same way. Like this, and I think a lot of it has to do with like the thinking thing of it. Like sometimes when you're like living in the moment, you don't have time to like retrospectively look at your life and like think about, oh, what's that, that relationship that I had? What was that about? You know, what, 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 what really happened? And <laughs> I remember like, just like you were saying, like the drama that you were having, like I was feeling the same way. Like I was thinking about an ex and I was like, oh my God, I still fucking love them. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you hate that? Don't you hate that? I just, you know, I hate when that happens. And I feel like it wouldn't have happened if we weren't like in this particular situation because I just wouldn't have had the time to think about it like that or it would come up in like later in like a weird time in my life but like that sort of like feeling and like not and letting it happen like not just like saying like that doesn't mean anything because we're in a pandemic like you were saying like that's something that I've also been like realizing ah oh, I need to be a little bit more kind to myself about how I'm feeling because all types of things will come up and you won't know why they're coming up. They just are. And you have to like be, you have to, you have to like, you can't just like push it away. You know, you can't just be like, oh, I'm just going to work on this thing so I don't have to think about it. No, um, I was, again, self-help book. But I've realized how I like to think of like my thoughts almost. Maybe not like a scale, but like more like, a frowny face, a medium face, and then a smiley face. And almost like they're tokens. Like if I have a mm. breath. And how much that adds up. If I literally keep seeing people that annoy me on social media, it adds up to how I feel about how I react to someone talk to me. 
But if I see like good stuff and I nourish myself, I'm a better person. And I and it's the little things. But if I choose to ignore them, then I choose to ignore how I got to where I am right now. When I feel like I can't create, I'm like, okay, well, what have you been doing? Like, why are you so stuck? Oh, well, I was talking to someone that I should not be talking to. <laughs> I was being negative. I was gossiping, um, which does not make me, it satisfies the wrong part of you, you know. I was, da-da-da-da. And then when I feel great. I think we all assume that's like us. We we just woke up on the right side of the bed. No, I think it's a combination of how much water you've been doing. When you look in the mirror, what are you thinking? Like, are you? Ooh, that's deep. <laughs> that's that's another conversation. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And are you are you thinking about how gross you feel? But you're going. It's mm. fine. I don't need to shower because I don't need to see anyone. But then you're just thinking. You know, it's just these thoughts. So then when I hear you talking about how hard it is to create and how you need to be kinder to yourself. I, I mean, yes, me too. It is hard to create and I do need to be a little bit more kind and considerate to myself, but I, I just re have to replay and think, what have I done today? Did I drink something? Did I drink Coca-Cola that I know makes me feel gross, but it just tastes so good. But then I'm thinking about right. how it makes me gross, but then, so a token there. And then I don't, Absolutely nourish myself I'm on social media which when I'm on social media too long then I go oh you wasted your day then I go you know like it's 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 the little things and I've never put that into perspective until now there's a whole (laughs) chapter sorry I held up the book I realized no one else could see I held up the book it talks a lot about how we always say we don't have time Mm. but we always do like we're always like no, I don't have time to find parking, so I'm just going to park here. But you have time when you get pulled to the, you get towed away, and then you got to deal with all that. You have time then. Oh, I don't have time to clean my room because I, I have to do this. You got time? And now more than ever, we have time to feel, to process, and like you were saying, to think. Why can't I open up to my mom about that? Why am I not close to this person? And I don't think we have to have the answers because we don't have to rush to the next thing. We're just here. Oh, yeah. That's the beauty of it. And that's one thing that I think is you can sort of like, I mean, at this point, like I can sort of be like, "Mm, I can sort of expect what's going to happen tomorrow, at least. (laughs) At least a little bit. I could be like, okay, I'm probably going to see my mom again. Probably going to use the bathroom. Probably going to eat some food, you know. Th- those are pretty high probabilities in my life right now. Something else might come in. And I'm like, I wasn't expecting that shit. But, like, at least I-, I have, like, I'll see my mom. I'll see my brother. I'll get out of bed, hopefully. So, like, I can sort of expect a little bit of what's going to happen tomorrow. So knowing that, like, I have time to sort of, like, think about, like, how I'm going to have my next interaction with somebody or how I may, like, react to, like, or... Just, like, time to process, like, my interactions with people in general. (laughs) But, yeah, like, having time to feel, that's, I'm still working on that one. Yeah. Feeling is hard. You got it. We're still early in this, all of this. I feel like we're just now kind of getting used to it, you know? We're not like, oh, it's just going to be over. We're just kind of, like, sitting with it, you know? And I think... 
You're doing just fine, Jessica. You're doing just oh my fine. God. Thank you. I needed that. I needed to hear that. Um, Jessica, before we uh, clock off today, would you mind sharing uh, any works you've done during this time or reflections? Oh, yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I'd love to. I, <clears throat> I worked on this piece and this was like, let me think. Um, I think I wrote it like a few weeks into like when we came back from MTI and it was at a point where I was like trying to just reconcile how I was feeling. And it seems like, I feel like it seems like a sad poem But, like, I was looking back at it, and I was like, I want to share it because I actually see it as something more positive um, now that I look at it. And so, yeah, I'll I'll just read it. So this is called Tears for Me, and uh, this is how it goes. Um, I cried for you last night, the deep waves of regret, like claps of thunder, destroying the tranquility of life. I cried for you last night, the you I saw in my dreams, before time relieved me and melted you away. I cried for you last night. I needed you, but you weren't there. I needed you, but you didn't need me. I cried for being so needy. I cried last night, not for you, but for myself. I cried to myself. I cried and cried and cried until the tears had dried and the morning sun peeked through my blinds. And then I couldn't cry anymore. And so I wrote that and I was trying to like say like, okay, I think the first time I wrote it, I was actually crying. <laughs> like <laughs> Just were real. Like, there, I was crying. <laughs> like I cried. And, but like looking back at it now and I see like, especially towards the end, it just, it's important to like feel those things. Um, and to let yourself cry because I, I know what it feels like to like hold back like emotion and it just it it's not good for yourself like it's not good in the long run and so for me it was like it was very cathartic to write that because I just felt as if something was opening up in me that I had not yet discovered about myself and just like we were talking about earlier like being drama being like dramatic as children like always being labeled as that feeling of well, what does it mean when I allow myself to like lean into those feelings and to actually like let myself cry and also cry for like myself and not just cry for like other things that are happening, but like cry to like let go of like the things I need to let go of. Because soon enough, the sun will come out again and things are going to continue on. Mm. So that's sort of how, yeah. So, like, yeah, thank you for letting me share. No, thank you. Oh, my gosh. No, I love that. Okay, Jessica, five things you're grateful for. I'm grateful for my NTI people. Uh, I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for my friends. Uh, my friends from, like, high school and, like, college. You could shout them out um, if you want. Oh, Tiara, Nasli, Guthrie, like, love you, Devin Garcia, Ingabire, Doris. Okay, that's it. <laughs> and then, um, like, I'm grateful to sort to be healthy, like, to be able to talk to you right now today and, like, know that, like, my health is in order, you know, 
and then just I'm also grateful I'm just grateful to be safe you know for the time being um to know that you know there is a safety in being home and to be with my and knowing where my family is at all times um you know so yeah those I think those are the five things I'm grateful for right now that's great thank you so much Jessica um I've had such a pleasure talking to you. Like I, I thought this would go one way, and it just went a million. I feel like we just grew a tree, you know. No. I, that's what it feels like, and I love it. That's a nice tree. <laughs> yeah. Um. Please, please plug yourself. Let's hear the Twitter. Let's hear the Instagram. Oh, I want. Where can God. people find you? Where can people fall in love with you? Okay, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. At Jessica, so I'm going to spell it out for you because it's a weird spelling, but it's J-E-S-I-C-A-E-S underscore. Um, I'm on Twitter there. I'm on Instagram there. And if you search me on Facebook, it's just Jessica Spate, my full name. Um, And yeah, so interact. Come. I don't know. Um, Jessica, say goodbye. I never know I was saying goodbye. Oh my gosh. Thank you, y'all. Bye. I okay. Love it. Goodbye. <laughs> I wave. Why do I wave? No one is here.